Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and tonight with me, as always, is Josh Cacho. Josh, how you doing? I mean, let's see. This is, we missed the last game, so this is the second win in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, third win in a row, right? Which yes. we haven't been able to First say for a long since time. since 2019. Which is wild, right? Considering what we've come to expect of this team. Um, but yeah, it's good to get another win. It's good to see the boys back on the field. It's good to see a full crowd just going nuts yeah. on a Saturday night, right? It's mm-hmm. There's nothing quite like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's, it's good to, always to come on and talk about LAFC after a win rather than a loss. Yeah. A couple of things there. Um, but before we get to them, dear Greg Berhalter, please do whatever you have to do. Get a boom box, show up outside David Ochoa's house, send his mother flowers, buy like do whatever you have to do and get that man back with the United States men's national team because he is incredible. He's incredible. And I know that he had the little slip up at the Olympics uh, and gave up that goal because he tried to get cute in the back, but that man is fantastic. So please, please go fix this. Um, Sincerely. Kirk. I'm I'm just saying two of the best goalkeepers in the world, that playing the ball with their feet, both Allison and uh, Ederson have both had gaffes worse than that, <laughs> worse yeah. than Ochoa's. So, yeah. you know, again, when it's bound to happen every now and then. Just don't pull a Sean Johnson and let the ball roll into the net with your hands on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the goal, the the goal in the Olympics. I mean, it's 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 brutal to watch. It's it's brutal because of the result that that comes afterward. Um, but there are much bigger problems in that squad than David Ochoa uh, trying to get cute in the back and, and giving up a goal, um, namely bringing six defensive midfielders and nobody with a whole lot of quality. So please make that happen, Greg, and I will stop tweeting about you. Uh, I know that he cares about what I tweet, Josh. Uh, one thing, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying we've we've been in that man's in that man's ear for a while, and so <laughs> some of the things that we I mean, I'm just saying Twitter must have got to him because the lineup that we saw in that last game was 100 percent like the ultimate like Twitter flex lineup that we've ever seen from Greg Berhalter. Right? It's like I mean, maybe maybe aside, yeah, yeah, everything that everyone complains about that's who you saw on the field. Yeah, Christian Roldan, George Bello, right? <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, of the people that are there, I'd still rather have some of those guys than some than, than what we put out in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. So anyway, back to LAFC. Um, I do agree with you. It was great to see the stadium alive again. Um, man, there's something about like in the 40th and the 80th minute when the 3252 gets around to uh, call to arms and jump for LA football club like that. There's something about that, like it adds so much to the atmosphere, and I feel like the the game picks up in intensity. Maybe that's not, maybe that's just like a placebo type effect from me sitting on my couch watching and listening to all this. But it comes through so; those two chants especially come through so well. Um, the people, the arms, uh, like the the cell phones add a new effect. The drums, like everything, is just perfect about those two chants at the end of halves. Um, 
so shout out to anybody in the stadium that's involved with that and to everybody that's involved with like getting getting those chants to where they are now because um it's it's impactful for sure if for if nothing more than just like when you turn on the tv and hear it going it's like man something there's something special going on right now especially called arms because it just has a rhythm to it yes right yes. like like and and i remember there was a, i think it was yeah two years ago when we first when i did the first uh lace scarf um i had gone down into the 3352 with monty um and i remember how tired i was after doing it <laughs> so props to those guys because jumping and moving around like that is not as easy as they make it look yeah yeah no it's a it's a legitimate accomplishment to to have such a vibrant atmosphere and i mean you see you see crowds all over try and fail i think i think austin has launched pretty well um but i mean portland is is okay they sing a few too many nursery rhymes for me um by that i mean any nursery rhymes uh not not to throw too much shade at english soccer but that's just not it's not my jam for sure um so it is it's magnificent to see it in action because it's it's so unique so yeah but but i mean i think that's like the beauty of it right it's like you know you think about the ones that really just kind of jump out to us and it's you know you'll never walk alone at liverpool or whatever mm-hmm. you know those ones that are just it's become synonymous with the club and i think they've definitely got it to that point now with those especially with those two where you know when people talk about it you automatically know what they're referring to yeah i mean you have it, like you'll never walk alone is such a big thing that like Jurgen Klopp when he gets mad at people for like right and rightfully so when he gets mad at people for tweeting hate at players or or whatever or you know the racial abuse all these all these despicable fan behaviors uh he legitimately says like you can go walk alone like it's part of the club ethos now right um yeah so it's something it's something uh super special to have within MLS and, and especially with our team. Right. So anyway, just shout out to the 3252 for always showing up and doing their thing. Um, the game also, <laughs> we're like seven minutes in, this is very uncharacteristic for us, Josh. Uh, the game was, was great, great performance all around. Um, we, we should probably get into the three, five, two and, and maybe eat a little bit of crow on, on the three man back line and what makes it successful and what is appealing to us about this formation and the way the LAFC plays it. Um, do you want to get into that now or do you have anything else to, to jump off with? No, I think especially when you, when you think about, you know, obviously we've, we've come, we've come, we've all become accustomed to LFC kind of just functioning in that four three three, right? It's what we've seen from Liverpool, from, you know, Manchester city, from Barcelona, right? Where you have that, that right winger cutting in on the left foot and doing magical things, you know, and then runners into the box, you know, onto the back post. Um, so that, that, that one guy can make a difference. Right. But I think, the pattern of play and and I had just become a little bit stale and a bit a little bit predictable, and you know obviously we've we've been hearing calls from it. We've resisted. We'd like again, it 
to be fair, it is still just a starting point, right? We we often see them in some of the same thing, the same sets eventually as the possession kind of continues on. But I think the one thing that we've noticed, you know, and one of the things that I was always hesitant about, especially in this one, is Vela in a two just didn't didn't seem nearly as effective as he does when he has the cover of two strikers being able to take mm-hmm. kind of take the top off the defense, right? So for him to operate underneath. But what had happened, right, is that teams were countering and, and basically as he cuts inside, you have that six and the center back and the fullback kind of just pinched down and there's just no room to operate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're just trying to play through a back six essentially and we don't have the midfielders to be able to create for centrally to operate to create some of that that lateral stress and lateral space that we had been hoping for um and especially as vela continues to get up in the years now right he's what 32 32 right so he's not getting any younger so his ability to do some of these things and press the way that we want him to out of the 433 right was going to have to change at some point should if we expect his career to continue at LAFC at the, at this high level. So I think, you know, again, it's almost a little bit of a welcome change. And again, it doesn't mean that you're not going to say some, still see some of the same principles because I'm, I'm sure you're going to get into us on when you take over here. Um, but you still, you'll still see some of the same things trying to come off, right? The same position, some of the same, but I feel like at this point, right? What it kind of does, is just gets everyone started, Gets every the attack started a lot faster as opposed to in the four three three the buildup had just become kind of like I said it it did it required one extra link to occur and we we're I feel like we were so central in terms of the buildup and teams have just kind of locked down the middle of the field to counteract it now because of the way that our fullbacks are playing it just widens the field. That was one thing I texted you in the middle of the game. I was like, man, Mm -hmm. the whole field just seems like it's opened up. Like they're playing from sideline to sideline and end line to end line versus at times, right? You really just, when they're in the 4-3-3 and in, you know, throughout the beginning of this season, you really just felt like everything was determined by what happened in the half spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is something that we talked about with Vince as well. The the idea that they wanted to play more vertical, and and when Joe Lowry was on the show as well, the the idea that they were trying to play more vertical, uh, and like more quickly, right? So they they'd want to turn over the ball and immediately play a through ball in between the center back and one of the full backs to an on running inverted winger. Um, and so this is, I, I do think this has helped them provide some more width. Uh, and it's also addressed their personnel issues where we've talked we've talked a lot about the personnel um, not necessarily fitting what LAFC want, wanted to do in terms of who are your three attackers? What, like, what three attackers are you putting on the field that are really putting the fear of God into a back four? Um, and you had, at the beginning, you just had Rossi. You didn't have Vela there. Um, and you had Corey Baird. And sometimes Opoku was on, right? And so these are there's a lot of question marks there, um, whereas now you've settled on a front two, uh, who are legitimate uh, like threats in MLS, right? In Vela and, and Rossi, um, and then the other thing that this formation has allowed you to do is to put a guy like Raheem Edwards in a position that we didn't really anticipate him playing, but he looks good there. He, this is the second game that he's looked good there. Um, Moon Juan is he just continues to impress every every time he touches the ball, you get excited, right? Uh, 
He's just yeah. he's just a fun player to watch. He's so he's so dynamic. He can beat you so many different ways, inside, outside, with skill, with a pass, a disguised pass. Um, with he could just beat you straight for pace. Um, and then his his passes are all are all pinpoint passes. So having him involved in the attack um, has d- certainly helped. Um, and then Jose Cifuentes, right? You see him get an assist. You see him get on the end of a couple of shots tonight that probably should have gone in. Um, in fact, the one from the the ball from Moon, absolutely, he should have buried that in in that far post. Um, that was a great move from Moon to set him up. But um, so I think you see people in better positions to succeed. And all you had to do was say, "Hey, why are we playing Corey Baird?" Let's play a third center back. Let's put Mario back there. We have a guy like Blackman and Segura, and now Marco Farfan looks comfortable as a left center back, driving into space and then playing off, playing a ball as well. So, in this sense, it does make, or in this case, it does make all the sense in the world to pull off a forward and add to your to your back line because that's the personnel that you have. So go with that. Um, that's kind of a long rambly answer to. What I like about this three five two three four three. One thing I will say is that it is. I I don't know how to characterize it because Raheem Edwards does start farther forward than Moon does, um, and I think that's part of what makes him successful. He's already in space. Um, it's potentially something that Brian Rodriguez could do in the future, um, but. Right now, Edwards looks looks good there. So it, I think that is a, an interesting wrinkle in in Bob's tactics, where he has Moon starting back further, and and Edwards pushed higher up the field. Um, almost, I guess it's more like a midfielder than a wing back. But so it's kind of this like oblong formation that he plays. Well, my question is to that point: is I'd have to go back to the other game to see if it was kind of similar, but that's. Is that a factor because Albert Rusnak is just that's his his side, right? Rusnak is playing that left wing, so and you have Justin Miram on the other side, who I'm not sure they're that worried about, right? In terms mm-hmm. of what he's able to do and create with, because he's a little bit more of a one on one guy than he is, right? Like the more dynamic and a float and move and do different things the way that an interchange with the way that Rusnak does with Krylock, and so. I have to wonder if that was just more of a tactical decision for this particular game or is Moon just, you know, he's that fast, so you don't really care because he's going to get up the field in a hurry. I, I think, I think Moon's abilities certainly factor into it um, that he can, he can pick up a ball farther back. Edwards, Edwards um, looks good, but he's, he's certainly not as good one V one or in Moon's case, one V two, certainly, uh, He's he's not he's not that good at 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 beating defenders. He's not quite as skilled as, as Moon is, um, which is fine. If if it you know if you can make it work for the team by pushing him up a little bit further earlier, then good, do it. Um, I think the other the other part of this is you see Mario is comfortable operating as a libero, right? He can be back there. He can clean up. He had he had one gaff tonight that was nearly pretty costly. Um, but I think he's secure enough in playing one v one defense on those on those counterattacks that the LAFC tend to give up every now and again on you know as they get the team pushed high up the field. So 
I think it's, I think it is an interesting uh, thing. I, given what Bob has said about the four, three, three and his, his commitment to it and some of the signings that we appear to be getting, I, I don't think the four, three, three is gone, but I do think this gives an interesting option when you play teams that like Bob has talked about, we want to play this when we think they're going to switch the ball diagonally across the field. Um, so I we'll we'll see we'll see what comes of this. Yeah, I mean I think what it it actually sets up you know the nemesis to the four three three thus far in the last couple of years has been that four two three one, right? Whether it's RSL or um, the Galaxy who just like to sit those two midfielders mm-hmm. super super deep and just force you to play through it, right? Like an LAFC were would just over and over again just kind of trying and thread balls between between the lines and it just wasn't coming off right because you just have to be picture perfect to break that down. What I think this does differently is it just forces that to kind of spread out, right? You see oftentimes, and I think because of where the midfielders are located, what I think I saw a lot of was like them, them being more willing to hit the big switch, right? I saw Moon mm-hmm. do it several times. You saw Palacios do it when he came in. Um, where they just hit that 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 switching ball across the field, and even if it doesn't get, you know, it's is are they doing it in the way that you would expect, like Liverpool or Man City's fullbacks to do, where they're it's a they're dropping a ball at the foot of a guy, you know, the other fullback back and forth. No, but if you if you leave it short, it doesn't matter because you saw Sifu still in there, you saw Latif being able yeah. to pick up that second ball in in the same you know in those same spots that those guys love to operate. And so I think, you know, you can you can take a little bit more risk when you're on when you're when you're pressing forward with that switch to now move, you know, you can continue to stress the defense laterally. Um again, which has been a big thing, especially against mm-hmm. the four, the way that teams were defending against the four three three. Yeah, I it's I, I I don't want them to to go away from it necessarily. I, I mean, if if you know a striker comes in that's that's worth putting up there, then good. Um, play the four three three, change it up based on the opposing team's tactics. Um, I think I think a little bit of flexibility will go a long way to help LAFC kind of get over the hump of uh, being you know being surprised by teams here and there, especially in the playoffs. Um, Let's talk about some of the performances that I think really enabled um, the win today. Who do you want to start with, Josh, in terms of like star performers tonight? I mean, I always like to start with Thomas Romero. Uh, he's my, he's okay. my new man crush. And it was just, it's something simple. He's a handsome right? man. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something simple <laughs> that Pablo Sustainga just couldn't get a handle of doing. And it, for whatever reason, it, you kind of see everyone doing it, whether it's the fullbacks, whether it's the center backs. And again, Mario did have that one where he was a little bit too, a little bit too cheeky with it, but you see them just much more willing to draw with the way when they, when the ball moves back to Romero, what you see him do is draw forwards. Right. Mm -hmm. And because Pablo wasn't comfortable with his feet, what you would see is he would, Pablo gets the ball, and now when he plays that ball to Atuesta, the forward hasn't committed to the press yet. So now the the either the nine or the ten has been is able to mark Atuesta, which disrupts our build up play. Mm-hmm. What 
Romero does so well is that he just kind of is really patient on the ball, right? And he feels comfortable with it, which allows the whole thing to work, right? So you see the ball move back towards him, holds it, holds it, lets the forward drop. Then he'll play the ball either through the middle, which he had a couple really nice plays there, to a guy, to Atuesta, who can now drive the ball forward. Now the midfield has to come in. Now you get that, those isolations on the wing that you didn't previously get when you had. Yeah. Kay and Blessing kind of doing it in the four three three with Cisnega back there. Um, so can I can I jump in real quick? Not to, mm-hmm. but like this is when we talk about positional play. This is one of the biggest concepts, right? There's the old Greg Berhalter cliche when he took over the men's national team about we want to disorganize the opponent with the ball in order to create goal scoring opportunities. And everybody's like, okay, well you're not doing that. Like this is what that means fundamentally is using the ball, inviting pressure to the ball, and then passing away to another part of the field um, to yeah. further disorganize through that pressure. And, Sorry. And you just have to be comfortable with it, right? And that was the one thing that I just you never saw, right? Whether right. it was on goal kicks or, or you know, and or just pass backs, you know, same thing with Tyler Miller, that you just, Miller was a little bit better than Cisnega, but you were mm-hmm. never sure what you were going to get from the, you know, from a decision-making standpoint where just those big moments kind of, kind of got to Miller. Yeah. And then you had Vermeer who just is prone to a gaffer who I don't even know what's going on. I mean, they were up four two today and it somehow blew a lead. Ask Cincinnati what's going on. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it really just opens up, but Vermeer was comfortable with feet and you saw that mm-hmm. happen quite often where he could pull against, against the Mexican teams in, in um, CCL where he invites that pressure, then he plays that ball to Segura out in the wing, and then Segura, yeah, or he'd cruif people too. Like he was, he was really yeah. confident on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes not, sometimes much to our dismay, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not what you always want to see. But again, and same thing with what we would you see from Ochoa, right? How many times do you see him just hit this lifted ball that kind of goes right over the top of that on running forward, and now they have acres of space to operate, right? Yeah. And we're now chasing yeah. in the press as opposed to trapping in the press right which mm-hmm. is a big difference when you know if you're a pressing team and you're constantly chasing right it's not a it's not a good thing because now you're you are disorganized at that point yeah, um, so, yeah. and the way that it looked tonight right you saw romero invited you he pulls the first line in now the second line is available to be attacked by the midfield which now now you're able to and then with the way that moon and Edwards are playing. Now you have both vertical and lateral stress. And I think that's where you see the field just completely open up. And I think that was when I texted you saying, hey, man, the thing, everything just looks so wide. Like the amount of yeah. space that everyone yeah. has to operate is miles different than it was, you know, at the beginning of the season or even in, you know, even in the last couple seasons where we've made runs, you know, in those Galaxy games, they made it really tough to play through, right? They didn't really care. You know, they didn't really care for what you did in the midfield, right? They they would kind of just let you bypass that first line. You know, they press out to us and make you play the ball to care blessing, and then they have to play through that. You know, play through that midfield, and it was that yeah. it would never really quite come off. This way, right now you have space, and it just gets people moving in a way that I don't think we were able to previously, even in past iterations of the four three three. Right. So let's talk about another way to beat that press, and that is by sidestepping them and dribbling <laughs> dribbling through it right and you saw that tonight from atuesta and and from cifuentes right they multiple 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 times either on the the turn 
or just, you know, through a little bit of skill or speed are beating defenders and driving into space. And this is what we've been calling for, right? A guy that will drive into space and invite that next level of pressure. And so many times tonight you saw Sifu just eating up space because he's just, he's, he's a beast on the ball. Uh, he gets on the ball in midfield and nobody's going to catch him. Um, so that just, in, that disorganizes the back line as he gets through the midfield and the center backs start coming up to add pressure to the ball, um, which again, opens up more space behind. Uh, you saw Tuesta do it tonight. Um, this is something that, that moon does really effectively. Um, I feel, I feel like blessing is a little bit more prone to short passing only now. Um, he, he, you know, he'll, he'll hold up the ball and dance around on it and beat a couple guys, but I feel like he's not going to be really driving the ball forward as much as, as much as you might like, but this midfield was really effective for me because of Sifuente's ability to, to drive the ball forward, which is what, again, going back to the whole Ross Barkley thing, you need a guy that's comfortable receiving the ball and not just playing a pass, but also eating that space that's given or eating the space that you win by, by beating your man. So kudos but, to I him. Mean, I, yeah. But I think that's the biggest complaint that we, that the, you know, a lot of supporters have when it comes to Mark Anthony K, right? It's not mm-hmm. that he doesn't try stuff. It's not that he can't, he's not, hasn't been great at what he's, what he's been asked to do, but how often have you seen him take the ball on a half turn and instead of driving the ball forward into space, inviting the pressure, he wants to get rid of it immediately, somewhat mm-hmm. similar to the way that Cisnega does, right? It's like right. they trust yeah. that, that long ball slightly more than they probably should, right? Because it's 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 not as accurate as it would be had they been able to drive forward, disrupt it, now play a quick ball, and then get forward again, right? What mm-hmm. you see Sifu doing a lot of is like he'll push forward, eat up space, pull a defender, hit the ball to the moon outside, make a run back to him, then to Vela back again, you know, and then you have mm-hmm. that pass and move principle of play, right? We're back to the, what the principles that we were used to, you know, yes. for the, over the last yes. two years, right. That we were used to seeing, you know, especially when like, I remember when I'm, we talked about this and like when they are, the first podcast was the, po- the Lee win post up, right. Mm-hmm. Lee win was extremely good at doing this where you see him post up against one of the wingers, Right, take the ball yeah. in the half turn, drive into space, feed the feed the feed the the fullback, feed Beta Short, and then now they're off to the running. Right, right. K, right. what a lot of times he does, especially against the Galaxy, would be make the turn right, and he, you can't take the ball off him. That's the one thing that K is really good at, is ball retention. Mm-hmm. But instead of driving forward, he'll hit, he'll try and thread it immediately, as opposed to taking the space that's in front yes, of him. If that's it. Is immediately right? Immediately. Mm-hmm. As opposed and, to just take the space, then slip it through. Yeah, and what ends up happening though, right, is that now because he's not taking up that space, you're not stressing them vertically anymore. And then if they're not stressed vertically, they can flatten out, right? Yeah. So if you're not getting those two sixes to step forward in the four two three one, they can flatten out in between the the center backs, and then you have a flat yep. six that you're trying to play through. And again, it's going to be tough. Right, you have yeah. to be Iniesta to to make that pass, or Xavi to make that pass at that mm-hmm. point, um, as opposed to take up that space, pull the defender. Now you have Vela on a one on one. You can make that, you know, the, I always call it the Christian Ramirez run, where you just you basically pass it to him and then just run across the face of goal, yeah, to yeah. pull the center back, and then there's the space there, right? And 
I think what you started to see from the midfield is when people started realizing that, you know, like that you couldn't take the ball off K or you couldn't take the ball off Latif, is that, okay, don't try. Just sit back and let let them try and play through, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the way that this thing kind of works is that what you see Latif doing, right, is that Latif invites pressure in a much different way because he just kind of dances on the ball. So the guy just kind of, instead of him driving forward, the guy just kind of was like, well, I'm going to take it off him if he's just going to sit there and play around with it. Yeah, yeah. And then he ma- and then he makes a short pass, right? He may not have that, that threading through pass or whatever it may be, but he'll invite the pressure the way that he always does. And then instead, and he'll hit the easy one. Yeah. And then it rotates, right? So he's- And he'll draw, the, the, he draws a lot more fouls too, based on like the way that he try He like, he's, he's much more of a guy, uh, he'll like shield the ball, whereas- uh, Mark Anthony K. And again, this is something he does well. Like he'll take a guy and like croquetta him, like mm-hmm. the old Iniesta move, right? Get to get around him. Um, and again, he's he's good at it. But Latif is the one who's like going to play that simple pass and then uh, either draw a foul or you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like to, to it's the Jack Grealish thing, right? Where you just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. invite the pressure. They either crash into you and you get a foul or. They come to you and you get rid of it, and then the, you know, you've moved yeah. them out of the way for the next for the yeah. for the actual dr- for seafood to not drive down one on one. Do you think and would so, you just call that like Latif is is less predictable with what he's going to do? Like when Mark Anthony K gets the ball, in you know around around the halfway line, and he's kind of like middle left of the pitch, like kind of in that half space area. You know the you know where exactly where the ball's going. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna thread that ball through. Um, so it's like you said, they can sit back. So would you, would you say that it almost just comes down to that? Like the passes aren't disguised enough or they're too. Probably. I mean, he just doesn't give you. Yeah. I mean, like he, he, he probably needs one more move, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. think what you, what people had started to play Kim Moon Wan on, right. Was that they were, exp- and actually you kind of play LAFC this way, right? As you kind of try to force everything back to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what kind of everyone is expecting LAFC to do is when the ball moves out wide, it, it goes goalie or keeper to the six, six to the fullback, the fullback to the midfielder, and the midfielder either hits the fullback on the run or he finds Vela in this in the half space. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the pattern. So the, with expecting, but what you see a little bit differently now, right, is like what what you don't see from K and what you kind of see from Sifu, right, is they're fainting the inside run or that inside pass, pulling it back out and just tearing up down the sideline. Right, right. Right. That's so what Edwards like and Moon, Moon will get the ball on, you know, around around the, the end of the defensive third mm-hmm. uh, on the wing. And he'll fake that pass to whoever did is typically Latif or sometimes Sifu. Right, and then he'll just beat a guy down the line. Now he's off to the yeah. Because those guys are coming about? back. Yeah. Those guys are yeah. coming back to the ball, and so I right. think what right. he's watching for is if that guy drops off or it cheats inside, he, it's over. He's gone already. And, right, right, right. And what K was doing, and I, you know, again, I, I hate to go back to always just picking on K, but I think that's that's where what you don't get enough of is right. If when he makes that turn. If someone's closing down, then the you can thread that thing all day long. We've seen it. He, we've seen him do it. Yeah, he can hit mm-hmm. that threaded pass. But if there's no one there, don't thread it, right? Yeah. Then that's yeah. when you want him to eat up that. You know, you just need that extra little bit of like, oh, do this. Now we've talked about this and wondering again if 
we're unfortunately and fortunately we're expecting moves to occur in the next what month right mm-hmm. right with likely you know like i would assume both at west and rosie are on their way out the way that they're playing the way that they you know and the way that the market is and probably what you're going to get for them um is k then better suited to play that six right where he you know defensively he's going to be great He's press mm-hmm. resistant, right? Where you're not, you know, like when a guy tries, when you're playing the ball to him and then that 10, anti-10 kind of, you know, drops in or that, that 10 tries to come in and, and pick the ball off of him, he's going to be able to shred that off. And because he's the deepest line playmaker, he doesn't actually, he can hit that threaded ball whenever he wants now instead right. of right. having to be the guy that eats up space, right? He can hit threaded ball out to the wing or he can hit it to, the, to one of the midfielders that are now making the turn Maybe, yeah, I, I have to think that, you know, we saw him there before he left for Canada, right, where he was kind of that deepest lying midfielder, yeah. and I have to wonder if it's a sign of things to come. I, I hope it is. I, I think that's I think that's a great position for him long term. And I do think, I do want to point this out, like we spent a couple of minutes talking about Kay, and he's, he didn't even play tonight. The, the point is, it's the relative performance of Sifu compared to what we've been seeing in that position, right, where... Sifuentes has had you know a couple games there now, and it's like assist, chance, assist, chance, goal, 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 assist, chance. Like he's creating so much uh, that it, it's hard not to notice the the difference. And um, it's it just a, you, like that's we want to see Sifu there. That's what we want, uh, and we've been calling for it for a long time. We wanted we we, we need creativity from the midfield especially the the more advanced midfielders, um, whoever they are at the time, and also from the fullbacks, or in this case, wingbacks. And tonight you saw an assist from Sifu, an assist from Moon. It's like the team looks so dangerous all night because of Raheem Edwards and Sifu and Moon and their ability to get the ball to Rossi and Vela in, in dangerous spots. Right, and I mean, so, because it's in possession, essentially you're what? It's... it's it, you're looking at the Murillo by himself. Then you have Farfan yep. and and Segura kind of playing as the sixes. You have Latif yeah. and Atuesta kind of just ahead of them, and then you have five forwards just bombing bombing into right, the box and right. doing a bunch of stuff. Right? It's like a one two two five mm-hmm. in possession, mm-hmm. right? Which is going to cause havoc down there, especially if you're if you're just sitting back. Right, you're gonna you're you're inviting danger, right? But that's why you have, you know, probably a little bit more speed from Farfan and Segura playing out a little bit wider, and then you yeah. have yeah. you have Mario who's more than willing to just clean it all up when the ball when they try to play long as well. Yeah, and I mean again, credit to Bob for the way that he's playing this three this three man back line, whether it's Segura on the left with Blackman on the right or Segura on the right with Farfan on the left. All three of those players are capable of beating somebody, like, you know, getting around. Like, again, I think the best example right now is Antonio Rudiger. Not that they are Antonio Rudiger, but the ability to get around somebody, drive the ball into space. Again, a common theme, right? Drive the ball into space, invite some pressure, and then release a pass. Um, kind of like the old Miami Heat drive and kick, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where they would just, LeBron would take the ball inside and the entire defense would collapse on him because he's LeBron James. And then he just kick a pass out to whoever he felt like passing to. 
um, because, and you know, Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, they were all right there for, for an open shot. And so it's a very similar principle in a lot of ways. You need that from your outside center backs. Um, if you're going to go with like a, an attack minded three man back line. So, all right. Um, Vela's goal is incredible. Just, I mean, the way that he first, I mean, Moon's ball is fantastic. The way he drops it in on him. Vela starts wide, obviously, because he's taking that free kick, gives it off to Atuesta, who then switches play. But if you watch Vela, and you can see it in the replays, he's he's man-marked by Rusnak. And so then he kind of runs off of his shoulder in towards, uh, I guess it's Herrera on the on that side, on the end of the line, but doesn't go past him. Like he doesn't let him know he's there. And then he just floats right. So he goes towards Herrera. Rusnak pulls off and guards nobody after that, because it's like, Oh, Herrera's got him now. And then Vela pulls right back off. Um, excellent movement, brings it off his chest, off the volley and just an absolute rocket, which was the only thing that was ever going to beat Ochoa tonight was just dime pieces. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to know what the XG was for this game relative to the score. I know 5.89. Oh my gosh. 5.89. And you ended up with two, right? Yes. So it tells you something about how well Ochoa played, right? And, yeah. you know, like, the you know, again, the, there's a reason why we started off with, you know, begging Greg to bring him back into the fold or making yes. sure that he stays yes. in the fold. But, yeah, I mean, that, that ball is one that, that he hits is one that there's only a few people in the world who he can hit that on the outside foot back to, you mm. know, like it's one thing if you're right footed, right. you probably do something with it, but he did it with his left foot and still was able to bring that thing to keep it. I don't even, I don't know. Right. Like it's, I'm just speechless with the, I mean, he, he fit that in over Ochoa's head under the bar too. Like, I mean, it was straight over his head but it was just going a thousand miles an hour. So Joe was yeah. never going to get a hand to it. But also, I mean, think about some of the passes that he was hitting off of the outside, his the absurd, outside boot. absurd. The like, ball that he has into Cifuentes outside of the boot curling into like that man was, yeah. he was, he was on a different level tonight. Right. Which is it's, you know, again, you, the, the penalty miss was unfortunate, right? Because it's oh, one of those talk ones about that too. Yeah. I, the, the, the stutter step drives me absolutely crazy. And after seeing just it happen in the run Euros, up and hit the ball, my yeah. goodness, like show some confidence and just go, but be, you know, but beyond that, like, you know, he, I, I have to wonder if he's now taking advantage of what everyone expects him to do, right. Is take the ball on the left foot and then play yeah. that whipped curled ball into the back post. But instead of what he's doing is doing that same thing and then hitting off the outside part of the foot, curling it back towards the right into space. It's mm-hmm. it's absurd. Right. He had and another like, one off the off the outside. So he was like in the in the right half space and and Moon was coming around the the left back. And he I it, I feel like I I'd have to go back and watch it, but I feel like he kind of fakes a pullback with his left foot and then just mm-hmm. kind of taps it through and threads the ball through with the outside of his left foot to moon. And it's like, this man, this man, when he wants to, he is just unfair. He's unplayable. Like he's, unplayable. he's unplayable. He, I mean, it's weird because it's, he's, you know, how Messi's what, 35? 36 I think he's now? 34 still. Right. But I think Cristiano's he's doing, 35. He's kind of doing that old Messi thing, right? Like, 
young Messi, what we saw is what we saw from Carlos Vela in 19. Cut inside, do a bunch of stuff, take, you know, pull everyone towards you, do crazy things, right? Old Messi can just kind of floats around and does stuff. Then you're just like, what the hell? Like, only that man can do that. And Mm -hmm. apparently also Carlos Vela. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, he's just a joy to watch when he's on. The question is just how, when is he switched on? He, and he's there right now. So we'll see how long it lasts. And, you know, is he playing for his next contract? Probably a little bit there too. So, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. just some extra motivation. All right. Well, I mean, as far as performances go, I, I think we hit the, the big ones. Rosie gets a good goal uh, against Cifuentes looked like an absolute monster in the midfield and creating chances. Moon, again, just continues to shine. Edwards, a very pleasant surprise. Oh, you know what? One more that I wanted to bring up is my man, Bryce Duke. Um, when he came in for Blessing, Blessing looked like he was he was tired. Um, I mean, he, he's played a lot of minutes already this season. But Duke came right in and filled in created another chance, like wins the ball and is able to get a pass to, to Vela. One thing that I want to point out about him is when he comes in, he's looking to play a ball. He like, he's looking to play people in as soon as he gets on the ball. Um, uh, he hits the big switch to Vela. Um, I don't know. He's been on for five or six minutes and it's like, he picked up the ball at short of the halfway line and then fired off a, a switch to Vela in a spot where only he was going to reach it in time. Um, I I love that kid's game, man. And he's, you know, there, you're still going to get some young mistakes because he's a young kid. Uh, but I think I think LAFC have something really special there, uh, and something that as we continue to talk about, we need a midfield that creates. Uh, I think I think he can be part of that solution long term. So that was the only other performance I wanted to get to. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably that next guy that you are getting to overperform on a cheaper deal, right? And that's yeah. how you win in Major League Soccer, is you got to yeah. develop those guys. And having Las Vegas you know, there to, to allow for some of those things to occur is a big deal moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, anything else you want to get to before we do some questions here? No, let's get to them. Let's kick them. All right, first one from Somber Amarath, at Somber Amarath. We can't score from six yards out, but our offense is definitely our best defense. If we can get our issues with shots inside the box figured out, we will be unstoppable this season. So I'm going to chalk this one up. I thought, you know, Cifuentes has the miss. Vela hits the the, the woodwork on the volley from outside the box. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought a lot of it had to do with Ochoa. So, uh, Vela also hit the the post right at the end of the game, he tries to go across the face of goal. Uh, and I really do think it has to do with Ochoa taking the right angle every single time and forcing shots that are going to be, are going to be close calls because he's just a fantastic goalkeeper. What about you? Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's just those games where no matter how good you're playing, if that keeper is playing, you know, like that, there's only so much you're going to be able to do. You know, and I think this is one of those nights where it's like on any normal night, right? Like I said, we probably win five, five, zero, five, one. But just because of the way that Ochoa was keeping them in the game, um, you know, again, it just kind of, you know, you, you, you find yourself wondering like how, 
how you haven't scored more, you know, more than yeah. anything. Yeah. I don't, regarding Ochoa, I don't know if the gold cup is doing the whole, you can bring in another couple of players as like reserves or something like that. You can, you can kind of change up your roster after the group stage. Is that still a thing in the gold cup this year? I believe, I think so, but they have to be listed on that, on the, the initial the roster. Bigger roster. So Ochoa would be, was a, right. Because if it were me and Ochoa was on that roster, I would a hundred percent be calling him right now and being like, all right, we're going to cap tie you in a quarterfinal. Like, yeah, <laughs> that I would absolutely be doing that. Um, granted, I mean, he probably sees a big stack of, of keepers ahead of him. I know there was, there was some noise about some of the Mexican and American players not feeling comfortable at the camp. I, I never know like what to believe with this stuff. Um, when it's just like a random Twitter account. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Mexican Americans didn't feel comfortable there. Um, but again, I, I, I'm not there. The reporting is spotty. So yeah, who's going to know? And you know, um, again, in this business, you got to be cutthroat. So what, yeah. what I also not put it past them, you know, doing, you know, put having agents, put some of these things out there to ruffle feathers and get the ball moving. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like how often have we seen Mina Raiola do that every single week, you know, especially yeah. during silly season. So, well, and the thing is, is like with the, with the men's national team, like there's enough credibility there, right? They went out and hired somebody. They like, they, they didn't even interview Tata Martino because he doesn't speak English. Like, Oh no, no, you only speak Spanish. No, you can't coach our team. Like, no, so they they kind of set themselves up for some of those some of those things. All right, next one: Ben Cox at Sir Bensington, with Kim Moon Hwan being the legitimate best player in MLS right now. Five three two is here to stay, right? Uh, this kind of goes back to our conversation earlier. Um, we have looked great in this formation. I think you could even see Brian Rodriguez look good at that left wing back position as he plays left wing like a left midfield position for Uruguay uh, or at least did play that before he decided to piss off everybody <laughs> in every program that he's that he's involved with but uh Bob is on the record as saying the 433 is our base formation so I I I don't know I don't know I think I think we'll be seeing it for a little while but what do you think Josh I mean I think it's you know we We've, we've said it before, and it's something that we've talked about with Vince at length, right? It's it's starting points, right? You can start in a four three three, but then you drop your six in between, and you're in the same formation that, you know, exact same formation again. So I think it just, I think you can get creative with it. You can do different things with it. You can look like you're in the four three three, but then just have your midfielder, your you know, same Mac as your your six. Well, mm-hmm. he's taller than any of our other midfielders thus far. Right, so if you really want to do that, we may have to do something creative like that because Mario is going to be uh, suspended for the next game because of yellow card accumulation. Right. Accumulation. Right. So, yeah, again, would I be surprised to see something similar, or you know, like you basically have Segura play at the top of it, and you know, as a deep lying midfielder, and then drop down. You know, there's yeah. there's options to be had. You know, and I think that's the best part about it at this point is like the way that they're playing it is very similar to the way that I think we kind of wanted the four three three to be playing all season long. So I think you can easily slide in, in and out of it depending on your personnel. Yeah. Right. All right. Next one from Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021, four wins, one draw and one loss in our last six matches, three wins in a row. Now two of them on the road. I like what I see from this team. 
are we maybe just maybe starting to see the turnaround after a rough start to the season? Um, you want to take a swing at that one? He's a couple more here in this thread. So if you want to, I mean, I would hope so. Right. I mean, if the, like he'd be, a, it's, it's one of those ones where like how often have we seen Seattle sputter to start out the game? And then you kind of just kind mm-hmm. of put these things together and it's about getting hot at the right time. Right. And this yeah. were in that second, you know, what is it that Bob talks about? Like, MLS is a four phase season. It's four separate. It's basically four seasons. You have that yeah. beginning, the summer, the end, that playoff push, and then the playoffs themselves, yeah. right? Are kind of four distinct, you know, four distinct seasons on their own. And so, you know, is it is this a good run in the second part? Absolutely. But again, things are going to change, especially if you have moves that come in, you know, throughout this month. And then at that point, you got to figure it out again in, in August before you head into the playoffs to so really make sure that right. you're, you know, like, right. again, it's always tough for teams to that are going to be selling players on to, to readjust. But again, it's what you got to do if you want to win. For me, I, I'm okay with saying this could be a turnaround point because you've got the right people clearly in the right positions right now. Um, and we've already gone through who those people are and what positions they are in um but to me that's the big part is like you found a couple solutions at these at these positions where you were struggling all right next one from christopher colonna also i'm going to make it i'm going to make what is probably an obvious point now and say that the goal from vela was one of the best in his la in an lafc shirt he just absolutely thumped that ball into the back of the net take that ochoa (laughs) he had a good game but there was no way he was stopping that one uh one last thing we're level on points uh, with Colorado in fourth, only three back from Carson in third, but we've got a tough match in Portland uh, coming up on the 21st on short rest. There's no time to be complacent. Let's keep up this good form. So kind of like you said, you're like you alluded to with the you know four phases, and they're on a good run now, but they can't they can't let up um, because the West is kind of compacted. So you have to you have to stay hot. Yeah, I mean, I think the way that the way that Portland plays is similar to the way that RSL plays just in a Christmas tree versus a four, two, yep. uh, four, two, three, one, where they want, they want you to dominate possession, do those different things. But if LAFC continue to play that they were, they are the way that we're inviting pressure, the way that it kind of forces them to come out of their shell. If you see some of these things, right. I, I expect them to run rough shot over Portland because they, yeah. Portland hasn't yeah. been Portland as of late. Um, you know, again, they could, you know, again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I think this game's the way that we're currently playing sets up well to play, you know, to come into Portland and do some damage as opposed to what I think would have happened if we had come in playing in the 433 and in kind of like the the old style of play, right? I think we would see a little bit different outcome. Mm, Plus Eric yeah. Williamson I think will still be gone. So it right, changes things right. in the midfield. Yep. Uh, next one, Ben Cox is back. 29 shots to three, score two to one, explain. Uh, should we just tweet back a meme of David Ochoa? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Except at the end of this So one, there's 29 shots, the n- the uh, nine are on target, which is maybe a little bit low. Um, but yeah, David Ochoa, you know, what was 5.89 XG turned into two goals. So... What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. We're, we're, 
we're creating chances which we weren't before, right? I think we were under one for the the beginning of the 100%, season. 100%, yep. Right, yep. and to go from that to now being in that, you know, anywhere between three and five on average, which is what we had seen in 2019, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. All right, donuts at Steve Zidane. How about that? Rahimino, uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time figuring out the right, the right Portuguese uh, accentuation here. Uh, so Rahimino Edwards, I'm sorry, I'm obviously not a Portuguese speaker. Tweet at me in Spanish instead. Uh, again, good game. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, we. I just assumed Raheem Edwards was going to be, you know, stuck to the end of the bench for the rest of the season. Was just roster yeah. filler, yeah, right. But again, the way that he plays with the explosiveness that he plays with, right? I mean, is there potential that we could see a guy like Brian Rodriguez do that a little bit better with more skill? Probably, but if you can get sure the defensive part out of him, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Edwards is sure as heck going to make this thing difficult for both Palacios. You know, for Palacios mm-hmm. and 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 anyone else to come and try and take it. So, right. same thing with right. Farfan, right? Those guys are guys that you didn't expect. Neither of those guys were ones that we expected to play heavy minutes, but both of them have stepped up and done their thing. And you know, I think the one thing we know about Bob, it's next well, man I mean, up, right? And I mean, the thing the thing about Farfan, I mean, well, let's think about. I mean, for both of them, really, we've seen Edwards kind of spot fill at. You know, I think we've seen him on the right wing. We've seen him in the midfield. He's always been a defender. Uh, now he's in what seems to be a very comfortable, comfortable position for him. And when Farfan came in, uh, we saw him filling in it right back. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. now they're in a position that actually suits them and they look good. Um, anyway, uh, last one, Marty Burns at Toddy Two Tones. We won a must win game. 100%, right? This is uh, kind of like the just win baby thing, right? Just, just get it done. <laughs> Just get it done. Winning heals all wounds. Yeah, I mean, again, and it is it's one of those things where, unlike I think the last the last RSL game, where we won in in spite of ourselves, this is mm-hmm. one that I think from beginning to end, right, they deserve to win. And had it not been for David Ochoa, would have won it running away. And so, yeah. you know, it's just. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you like to see it. You like to see them kind of figure these things out, and hope they can continue to to do it in the next, you know, in the next as they enter the next phase of things. And again, also yeah. we'll see what happens as as personnel will lightly shift in the next month mm-hmm. or so. Uh, I also want to point out that Marty Burns has a fantastic profile picture of Daryl DK doing his new patented celebration. Uh, with his hand around his eye, tongue out, uh, shades of Michael Jordan. Um, love that. Love it. All right, Josh, anything else before we get out of here? No, it's, it's good. Day. It's good night. Good game. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Well, you can tweet at the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow Josh at LAFC Josh on Twitter. You can find me at Kirk Kinsey and we'll be back to talk to you on Wednesday following the Portland match. Have a good weekend. everybody. <laughs> 